All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Dropping the Oh, episode 600, Tim. You went, whoa, there was the balloons, the confetti. Thank you for joining us here. Very exciting. Thanks for the support. It is episode 600. Tim wanted to do this whole grandioso thing, but we're not going to. That's just not our style, but it is exciting. Congratulations, Tim. Very good. Yeah. You're 600. Oh, you did have something queued up. I forgot until this second, but yeah, now I'll, I'll throw that in every so often. I wonder how many shows get to 600. Probably quite a few. Not many. Not many. No, let's see. Probably the hardest thing is more. the consistency. Yeah. That's the hardest part. They can call us terrible, but we are consistent. I will say that. We do put out episodes. I don't care how good they are. They're out there, baby. Out there for everybody. They're in the internet. But thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. We also appreciate Give Better. Tim, I came so close the other day. Random basketball game. Don't even follow basketball. Clippers, Oklahoma City. I, I four out of five. Oh, some random dude. I had no idea who he was who played for Oklahoma. I just just randomly swiped up. I'm like, he's gonna get more than eight and a half points. He had three. Oh like, damn it. So close, but I nailed every other one. So I'm I'm running out of chances here. So I got I gotta get on my horse. I got my Super Bowl picks, but while this aside, everybody listening, please go to get better. It's a fantastic company. It's very responsible sports betting. Make your picks now. It's an easy, super simple way just to have some fun, win some money. $100 could be in your pocket if you nail five picks. You just heard me. I almost hit four, and I don't even follow basketball. So go check it out. It's it's a great company. Go to givebetter.app slash DTG. We love it. You can love it too. It's it's a lot of fun. It's, it's neat to just go through, and, and you learn a little bit every time you do it. So I know that guy... And now I, I despise him because he didn't score eight and a half points. And so which, is, which, guy richer. which guy do you know? Oh, Otis Warren for the OKC. Okay. That's not his name, but it's, it's <laughs> a basketball player who plays for Oklahoma city. Who's a bench player. And I just, and the beautiful thing about this, Tim, I will do it live on air. I can go back into my give better app. I can go to my previous picks, so I can go, okay, okay, so I have my Super Bowl picks. It was Herbert Jones. That's who it was. I took the over. He got three points. Every other pick I nailed, but this guy just for some reason did not want to score nine and a half points. So, oh, no, it was Jordan Hawkins. 
Jordan Hawkins. <laughs> and now Two you know guys him. I have no idea who they were. And they just really they really didn't uh didn't do didn't do me good. So have you come close yet, Tim? I've hit four out of five. Um last night I didn't do too well though. I bet on that Avalanche uh Carolina game and Carolina won and um what Nachos had a hat trick and no, I didn't hit on that one. But uh, it's, Super it's Bowl tough. on Sunday. I've got my picks lined up for that, which is the last day you can do this um free to win a hundred dollars. They're gonna they're gonna, you know, launch the official app shortly after that. So give it a chance, download it, and see if you can win a hundred bucks on the game on Sunday. It's a lot of then you just yeah, get out if you want to, but go and check it out. It's it's very fun. Go to givebetter.app slash DTG. Let's them know that we sent you, and then we get a little pat on the back and you win win some free money, courtesy of dropping the gloves and Tim. So I don't know. Check it out. You know what, Tim? I was um I was I had an out-of-body experience yesterday last night i was driving home from my dance class with my daughter um we were learning the swing you know the we did the box step we did the foxtrot and then i i look at my phone i'm like who is calling me i was ringing in my pocket i picked it up marty mcsorley was calling me isn't that wow. bizarre like this guy is and I, and I tried to I didn't answer it. Um <laughs> what? <laughs> I was with my daughter and um I did eventually talk to him for a little bit. He's very relentless. He called like three times. Um That's funny. And I was trying to just kind of convey to my daughter who is 10 years old, Gabriella, how neat this is for me to have a guy who I grew up idolizing who was Wayne Gretzky's bodyguard for his whole career. So a, a guy like me who fought and played that position, like Marty McSorley was the epitome of that job. You get to ride shotgun with Wayne Gretzky, win multiple Stanley Cups, play with very good players, and then he gets treated like gold. Goes to Edmonton, goes to L.A. with, with Wayner. So it was just cool. I talked to him for a little bit. One of the sweetest guys I've ever met in my whole life. On the ice, an absolute just maniac. We've we've seen the videos. We saw what he did to Brashear, like an absolute maniac. Off the ice, Tim, sweetest guy. He's like, hey, John, how's the family? How you doing? You know, what's going on? Everything just checking in. I'm like, Marty, this is like so, so bizarre that Marty McSorley is calling me. It was very strange. Very nice guy. I love it. He just wanted and to say today, hello. Yeah, I just wanted to say hello. And then today I get a call from the Detroit Red Wings alumni. They want me to play a game. And I would be on the Rangers alumni. They're doing it this year um, down in Detroit. And they're like, we'd love it if you came and played for the Rangers alum. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I'm like, who's playing? Like, all the top guys are playing. And we, you know, we know you're in Michigan. And I'm like, I don't know if I can. Um, I have some stuff going on. And can I be put on the tentative list and maybe I'll give you an answer in a couple months? And he goes, yeah, sure. You and Doug Waite are, are both in that list. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> not bad company. You know, like me, me and Doug Waite are, are in the same level, which is, okay, you played 1,250 games, over 1,000 points, arguably top five American player ever. And then me. Pretty cool. You're a maybe, Doug's a maybe. It's a good list. But the like the, the guy said it's a heavy duty um lineup. The Red Wings are gonna have like the Lidstroms, the Malpies, the Drapers, like all those from the Stanley Cup teams. And the Rangers will probably have like all the the guys from back in the day. I think probably not Messier, but 
How hard yeah. do those games like go? Like how hard do pe- people try to win those things? Not hard at all. No, not not hard whatsoever. I've never done a team versus another team. I've done like alumni versus random guys who pay money to play against you. Or like the I've never done or, yeah. Right. I've done plenty of those, but I've never done one where you're like, okay, it's Rangers versus Red Wings. I imagine you don't want to lose. You don't want to be embarrassed. I'm going to try to sneak down, but we'll see how it goes. I don't know if I've released this yet. Maybe this might be breaking news. My wife is pregnant again, so that's why we can't go down. And she's very hesitant about going down. So she is expecting around the time of the game. So it's it's exciting for us. Obviously, number eight, the game is, I think, end of April, beginning of May. And she's not due until July, but it's still, you start to slow down. Seven kids, it's a lot for her to handle. And so we'll see how it goes. But yeah, we're, we're probably go. Tim knew. Tim's zoned for a while. Tim was the first one I told. No, um, I wasn't. You told uh, those <laughs> listeners at the uh, the GLI. And they're like, Tim, by the way, come over here. Do you know this? I just told them. And I'm like, what? I did. Uh, yeah, it's funny. But I have known. Didn't tell anybody. Except my mom and my brother and some people. Some of my friends. Other than that, yeah, I told no so one. There you go. Number eight. You heard it here first on dropping the gloves. So it's very exciting. We're we're we don't know uh, the sex. We don't. We never find out. So it's always going to be a surprise. But the doctor did say odds on it's going to be another girl. So we'll see how it goes. Stay tuned. Number eight. Number eight coming at you hard. The guy from the Red Wings. He's like you're either Catholic or careless. I said I'm both. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very funny line. Very funny line. All right, Tim, what are we talking about today? Because there's a lot of stuff. We were supposed to have a, a player come on, but, you know, schedules change. That Life happens. Obviously, I, I, I don't think they played their best game the other day. Maybe he's a little salty. And so they're traveling. He's trying to, you know, get his schedule together. But we'll, we'll, we'll circle back with him next week. But I apologize. People get excited about interviews. It's not, it's not up to us. The players kind of control that. But we'll, I promise we'll come through you guys. But what are we talking about today, too? There's lots, lots to discuss. There's lots to discuss, and this is not the main topic of the day, but I want to just cover it quickly just because, you know, if you guys might be sick of this whole situation, as a lot of hockey fans are, they're kind of like, hey, either figure it out or don't this, the, in Arizona. Um, but a couple of things that come out in just the last 24, 48 hours that I want to just cover quickly, and we won't spend a ton of time on it. But Andy Strickland, who is, you know, an NHL insider, he's, he, he knows his stuff. He's got his sources. He tweeted out yesterday, expect the NHL to make an announcement related to the Arizona Coyotes situation sometime after the Super Bowl, which is in two days. The league has been pressuring the team for answers on a daily basis for some time. The league buying the team from the from the Yotes current owners is in play. They're talking about the owners getting rid of it and the league taking it over for a few months, a year, whatever, till they can find the next buyers that can make the right things happen. So it seemed like this was not a good thing Um, yesterday as well or maybe even Wednesday night, um, Mike Gould, who's another NHL insider who I think he works at The Athletic, um, he said, rapidly arriving at the conclusion that any resolution to the Coyote situation with or within or with outside of Arizona that does not involve the Marullo group would be vastly preferable to keeping them around in, in any capacity. Meaning this ownership group isn't getting it done. The league is getting fed up with it, and it's time to, to move on. They're really considering just cutting them out of the whole situation. Um, so it looked like it was trending badly. And then just last night or early this morning, depending on where you are and wh- what your time zone is, Craig Morgan, who works for NHL Network, another well-connected guy, 
He said a government source said that the Coyotes Arena was discussed yesterday at this um, you know, local municipal meeting, and the meeting went very well. This could be wrapped up in three months. This is not final, but it's great news. So a little bit of a roller coaster in the last two days. Right now, it's looking good just in last night's report, but I wanted to just cover that quickly. It screams dysfunction, right? <laughs> just yeah. like throwing stuff at the wall and see if it sticks. Like usually, this is not like a mom and pop business. This is a multi-million dollar empire, right? This is this is a sports franchise. It shouldn't be this chaotic and hectic and just all over the place. So, well, good. Hopefully, we can get a resolution to this because it seems like like you just read. Day to day, there's different stories coming out of this team leaving, this team staying. The the guy in Salt Lake City says we can have this up and running in four months. Like we are ready to roll. We have an arena, we have a fan base, we have everything. Let's rock. Like we want a team. And I was starting to think it was going to be just like the Atlanta situation where there was a lot of gray area, there was a lot of smoke. Are they staying in Atlanta? Are they leaving? All of a sudden there was just a, a switch went off. We're leaving. Four months later, they were playing in Winnipeg. It was like that. It was so fast that they changed and they got everything up and running with the with the rink, the season tickets, the jerseys, everything, the players' accommodation. So it can happen that quick. So we'll see what happens. This is by any means not done. This is not settled. But if you're an Arizona Coyotes fan, like I always have been, this is great news to keep the team in the area. A 100-acre complex, fantastic. It, it, this is this is going to be a hit. They're going to knock it out of the park, don't you think, Tim? If they can get this built, the fans will come, the players will be happy. Multiple Stanley Cups in the future for the Arizona Coyotes. Multiple. You you say that ironically, but there's I do like the direction that this roster is going, but they've got to figure this stuff out first, and because obviously you need to have money coming in, and you need to do that in order to do that, you need to have an arena, and they don't have that right now. But it's remarkable. Team- it's remarkable. You say that you like where the roster's at. I do, too. I, I do. They're, they're constructed very well. They've got some talented player players. How haven't they ever had the number one pick? Isn't it bonkers to think about all the years of futility and struggle and rebuilding and this and that? They've never, they've never had a superstar on their roster. Have they? Shane Doan? Lunch pail type Kachuk. guy. Kachuk. Was he a superstar at that point? That was. I Tim. mean, let's 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 stay in the last twenty years, twenty five <laughs> yeah. years. You know what I mean? Let's let's yeah. Like they had OEL Oliver Ekman Larson. He was close, but other than that, like Clayton Keller's great. What? Bill Kessel, Posa, Tim Thomas, True. Datsu. Yeah, yeah. Right. So they have had those players. Dave Boland. They've had Stanley Cup champions. But I'm just saying, like, Chitrin maybe scratches it just a, a little bit and they gassed him, but they haven't had that one impact player who was just a game changer. And there's been guys drafted over the last 10, 15, 20 years who who checked that box. And I don't know if that's scouting. I don't know if that's just bad luck in the lottery or what it may be, but they haven't seemed to get that guy, you know, like get Austin Matthews. Imagine if he was there from Arizona playing in Arizona. Some teams just don't get it. They do, they just don't they don't never do. Arizona seems like that team, but every other team in the league seems to have that superstar, right? Like we can go down and tick off every team has like that guy who was a superstar. Like L.A. had Kopitar, Anaheim had Getzlaf, Perry, San Jose had Jumbo and Marlowe, Dallas has Ben and Sagan, and they, every team has those guys. 
Arizona never really had anything to make of that. No, and it's interesting that, like, you know, we talked about the reason that they're there, that they've been there, that there's even a discussion is because Bettman's sort of insist on it. But you would think, you know, like the rumors of him raking the draft or whatever, like, don't you think if he would have, you know, influenced them getting a first overall pick at some yeah. point in the last 10, 15 years? That's it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. And not giving it to Edmonton, who's had a. a- bounty of first overall picks in Chicago who's going to get it this right. year and they're going to get Celebrini Bedard and Celebrini for the next 15 years Oof. it's going to be fun and who's going to be calling the games this guy right here I'm just going to hitch my cart to those guys take me to the top fellas all right speaking of you know player movements and drafts and this and that there's been some uh rumors swirling around Tim Teams are finally starting to figure out where they sit after the All-Star break. You have a good gauge on your team. Are you a contender? Are you a pretender? Are you a buyer? Are you a seller? What are your needs? What are your wants? What's happening, Tim, around the league? What is what is what are people saying? I love this time of year because this is rumors breaking daily. And it seems like this this activity is happening you know, more early and, and uh, more often than it was last year in the last couple of years. Because we're still about four weeks out from the deadline. But there's just stuff breaking just all over the place. Um, so the top one here is from Pierre Lebrun, who's talking about the Oilers. They really want to add some something to their top six. And they're specifically looking for a winger on Dreisaitl's line, which is the second line. We talked last week about some of the names like Gensel and even Eberly, who would be a return player to this team. Um, both those names would be exciting. Another one that's new would be Tarasenko, who uh, he actually changed his agent again. Did you see this? Second um, time in like eight months he's done it. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, which is crazy news. Maybe someone else is the problem besides the agent. But regardless, um, Tarasenko is obviously in Ottawa. He's a full no trade, but... The belief is that Edmonton would be one of the teams that he would waive that for. And if you put him in, however you want to mix the lines, whether it's Dreisaitl or McDavid, you put him on that power play, he suddenly becomes a very valuable and dangerous asset. So that would be a lot of fun. That'd be a heck of a lot of fun. I think obviously the one they would want would be Gensel, but his mm-hmm. his asking price from Pittsburgh will be astronomical. If he does hit the market, and Pittsburgh can't come to a deal with him and his agent, which was my previous agent, Ben Hankins, at best in the business, he's got to be multiple first rounders. You would think like this guy, it's a stud, but yeah, Vladimir Tarasenko, I think is right there. He obviously didn't work out so well in Ottawa when, when he went there. So what is his value? Where do you think he, a, what do you think Edmonton can get him for? And is he an upgrade for the Edmonton Oilers playing with dry and Because right now they've been trying different lineup combinations. Sometimes they put him up with McDavid on the wing. Sometimes they bounce him around. He's been mostly on the second line with Kane and they have Corey Perry now there. Is that an upgrade? Tarasenko over Perry, a substantial one. I don't know how substantial it depends. Cause a lot of it has to do with chemistry too. And don't forget that like adding depth and adding another piece, whether or not it's an upgrade is only going to help you. So say that he lands on the third line when all said and done, he still makes the third line a lot better. He's still going to make your power play better. He's still going to be a piece that's worth moving up if someone in the top six gets hurt. And he ends up, he might end up in the top six anyway. So I think it is, I think it's a good move for them. Like you said, Gensel would probably be the top of the list, but he's going to be expensive, not only from a, you know, a trade asset, what you'd have to give up to get him, but his cap hit as well. Um, so they'll have to figure that out. I don't know. I look at this this lineup and I'm like, I don't know what they do to, to make this work with the cap situation, but these names keep getting linked to this team. So there must be a way to do it. Just someone smarter than me can figure that out. 
Well, you get Ottawa to eat some cap, right? And so his yeah. his money against the cap is only going to be around two million if he gets traded. He makes five, so then you just send someone down, like see you later, Kirk Connor Brown, or whether it's a I don't know who they they all have a deep team if they get him. I don't think their issue is forwards right now. So it's interesting that they're kicking the tires on Vladimir Tarasenko, but hey, more depth is better than nothing, right? So good for him. What else are we talking about, Tim? Friend of the show, Rasmus Ristolainen, has finally kind of had a, a resurgence in his career, which I'm happy for. Um, he's playing very well in Philadelphia. He's playing very well for Torts, and he is reportedly available in the trade market. He's a player that, that teams are calling about and asking for. The contract makes it a little bit complicated because he's making three and a half million dollars average annual v average annual value. Um, Philadelphia is willing to retain, but obviously going to come at a cost. So there's a few pieces, and typically what tends to happen is like no one's going to move on Ristolainen until they figure out what Hannafin's going to do, or at least they're going to try yeah. not to, because the bigger pieces go first, and then they then they figure out their second and third and fourth backup plans. So Hannafin is, you know, he's he's the premier defenseman on the market. Where he goes is going to impact everything else, but that's not to say that Risto couldn't get traded before that um, if they get sick of you know waiting or the asking price is too high. But I think probably that'll be the first domino to fall. But it would be interesting to see. You know, I'd love to see him on a contender and play for. Has he even ever played in the playoffs? No. I don't think he has. You know what no. I mean? So it'd be good for him. Zero pull. He played in the AHL, if that's something, with the Rochester Americans, and they lost in five games in the first round. But, um, yeah, this guy, it's its funny. He's built for the playoffs, too. He's an absolute moose. The the penalties get a little bit laxed. The play gets a little more aggressive. He's the perfect guy for the playoffs. He's 6'4". He's very aggressive on the ice. I, I remember playing with him. I'm like, you got a mean streak, my man. Like, he he's that guy. So good for him. I hope he goes somewhere. I think, honestly, I know we had Zadorov on the show. I think Zadorov has a higher upside offensively. Risto is just as good as Nikita Zadorov when it comes to just all-around play. The guy's a very good defender. He has somewhat of an offensive upside. He showed that in Buffalo. They had him on the power play. He's, he's decent. I think he's settled into a good 4-5 mode for the Philadelphia Flyers where he kills penalties, and he just is a solid all-around D-man. So, what? Any team would be lucky to have him. Any team in the in the NHL. But yeah, what's the asking price? It seems like Danny Briere is trying to get a ton for all his players. Ward on the street is Sean Walker, another defenseman who they picked up as a throw-in player from LA. He's asking a first rounder for that guy. So if he's asking for a first rounder for Sean Walker, what is the asking price for Rasmus Ristolainen? It has to be through the roof. So I I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in Philadelphia right now, but they have a lot of good defensemen. There's obviously not a need there. They got York and Sealer and Walker, and they got Jamie Drysdale. So, yeah, interesting. Good for good for Risto. But uh, gosh, there is he the best guy out there? Yeah, I think Hannafin still has has him beat. But uh, good. What else is going on, with Tim? Well, just the asking price for almost all of these players is really high. You mentioned Sean Walker. Nick Dowd from the Capitals is reported to be available per Frank, and he's going to be chasing a first-round pick. That's what the asking price is for him, which is a lot. I like Nick Dowd as a player. He's a useful player. He can do a lot of things, but it's going to be a very expensive trade deadline for teams that are looking to add uh, next month. Well, you have to – I think the Tampa Bay Lightning really ruined <laughs> everybody – the last few years when they went out and were just throwing first rounders around. 
you know, with the Goudreau trade, with the Coleman trade, with the Hagel trade, it was first rounders for everybody. And they, I think, teams see that. And they go, well, if, if Barkley Goudreau can have a first rounder, why can't I have one for a Nick Dowd? So I don't know. I, th- I think the rubber has to meet the road at some point. And GMs just have to stop giving up that much for those players. But when there's a market, you're you're going to get that type of return for those types of players. But gosh, that's it's uh, it's what I said before, though. I think players or GMs value first rounders a lot more than they should, because if you're getting a first rounder from a team that's a Stanley Cup contender. How many times are those players going to hit one out of every five or six picks? So maybe Tampa Bay was onto something when they were trading all the first rounders. We'll see. Yeah, and just going back to Fieldy real quick, the last player that I was reading about is Scott Lawton, who is a center, um, someone that Philly loves. He wears the A for that team. They're not openly shopping him. They're not trying to move him. But because the center market is so thin and because the asking price for these guys is so high, they're <laughs> hearing offers. They're like, why would we not? If, if everyone's getting a first-round pick, multiple picks, why would we not at least explore this? So they are. He's a, he's a solid player. He's got 20 points this year in 52 games. He does a lot of things well. Um, I don't think they, like I said, they want to move him, but they're going to be open to it. And if you if you're on the trade market looking to add a legit like middle six center that can help you do a lot of things, and you're not thrilled about Adam Henrique, then you maybe you're you're willing to pay a little bit more for Scott Lawton. Oh, 100 percent. I I like Scott Lawton. If if I'm a GM and he's available, I'm definitely getting him. He does everything. Right now he's on the third, fourth line center. He kills penalties. You can throw him on the power play. This guy's put up 40 points in the league before Tim, multiple times. Like he's a good player. So if he's available, he's signed to a very manageable $3 million contract for the next couple of years. So why not? It sounds like Danny Breer is getting rid of everybody. Nobody's safe on that team. He's he's lost Carter Hart to the whole Canada thing. He's selling everybody, which is strange because the Flyers are still very much in the Stanley Cup playoff hunts. Like they're I think they're they're in the playoff position right now as we speak. So I like that. You know, he has no delusions that his team's going to be in the Stanley Cup finals. He's not like, yeah, they're third place in the Metro. And, he, and he's like, yep, come come and get what you want. We're open for business, even though we probably will make the playoffs if they started today. I like that. That's refreshing. Most GMs, they get in that position. And they go, oh, we have to we have to keep going. We have to push. We've been having a good season. We got to add. We got to add. No, you don't. You build, you build, you don't, you don't mortgage your future and trade your first rounder just because you're having a good, good year this year. So good for Danny Breer. Me and him, we're very, very similar mindsets. Good, great, great GM. So if he can get some assets for those guys, sure, heck, get rid of them, especially Risto. I would, I would be giving Risto up before any of the other players we mentioned, Scott Lawton and those guys. Okay. No offense to Risto, two-time friend of the show, but 5.1, he's got six points this year. You gotta do better now, Risto. It's all a D-man though. It's all a D-man. There's a market for him. So the next team I want to talk about are the LA Kings. And I've been reading a lot about them. And I'm I'm getting a little I'm working myself up about this. You're getting I'm very excited, excited, Tim. Yeah, I am. So the Kings recalled uh Alex Turcott and Brant Clark, who we talked about the other day, um, up from the AHL. They both played like six and three games respectively. So they've played a little bit of uh, NHL games this year, but they haven't really been on the roster. They called them up. And on top of that, uh, Victor Arvidsson is is coming back from injury. He was hurt before the season started, has not played yet this year. He practiced yesterday or the day before with a red jersey, no contact. So he's not back yet, but he's expected to join the team on the road this coming week. 
and we'll hopefully, you know, return at some point during that road trip, if not, you know, by the end of the month. So it's looking good for him to return. And those are three great players that they're adding to their lineup. And I'm getting excited about this. And Arvidsson, like, don't forget, he was a 60, 65-point player for multiple seasons since he was traded from uh, the Predators. So he's like, he's a good, good player. And he's, you know, he's not going to, you know, be a first-line, like, starter or anything like that. But he's going to be in your middle six. He's going to be probably on the second power play. He's, he's a good player, and he takes a lot of uh, pressure off the top guys because he's, he's a good depth-scoring winger. And then like the two young kids, like so much talent, so much energy, so much youthfulness. I'm talking myself into this. I I love. I have a good feeling about this. All of this combined with a coaching change, they get rid of McClellan, they bring in. Um, and maybe I'm I'm buying too much into the headlines, but the stuff I read from Rob Blake, the stuff I read about, um, they had their first practice. I want to say yesterday, Drew Doughty's like the best practice we had in a long time. Like the, the energy was unbelievable. And maybe he's maybe he would have said that regardless of how it went, you know. But I'm but I'm I'm buying it anyway. And so I my prediction is that the Kings are gonna they're my team in the second half. They're gonna go on a run. They're gonna remind everyone that they are one of the premier teams in the West. And I'm I'm all in. I'm buying in on this team. I like your passion. I like it. I th- I think what we're seeing LA do now is they have obviously been struggling. They they limped into the All Star break and. They just said, we're going to give these kids a chance. You know, both top 10 picks, I think Turcotte was eight, Clark was five. Um, we have to see what we have here. Quentin Byfield's been up all year. He's been pretty solid for the most part. Um, what do we have? What do we have in the cupboards here? Obviously, the guys who have been in the lineup aren't working, so let's get these kids up. Turcotte hasn't been lighting it up with the uh, Ontario rain. Not, not nearly what we thought he was going to be, and Brant Clark has been solid, point-per-game guy, so... I don't know. I, I don't expect them to take off because you're calling up two rookies. I, I disagree with you. I think they'll make the playoffs. I think they'll be there, a wild card position. I don't think they're better than the Canucks, the Knights, or the Oilers. Those are three solid teams you're going to have to leapfrog to get into the Pacific top three. They'll, they'll be a wild card team, which will be good. And then we'll see where they go because they do have a solid team. I think you're right. With Arvidsson kind of rounds out that top six. Maybe bumps, maybe Byfield down or Fiala down or somebody, but I, I'm not too bullish on them just yet. And it's Dubois ruined this team. If you take Dubois <laughs> out and you add back Ayafalo and Velarde, they're a very dangerous team. Then we have and three we'll have solid lines. There. Yeah. Like, um, we, like, that's a dangerous team. But that, I think Rob Blake really dropped the ball on that trade. I think he panicked. They, they, they didn't have the results last year that they wanted. And they just, for some reason, made this Dubois trade. As soon as it happened, everybody across the board was like, why are you making this trade? So he'll fall. He'll, you know, go down with that trade. But uh, good for the young kids. I'm excited to see them make make their debuts. And like you said, they've had a few games. But hopefully they get a good look, 20, 30 games to the end of the season to see what we really have here. Because there's a lot to like about this LA Kings team. I think you're right. But I don't, I'm not nearly as excited as you are for them breaking out you know and going for it they 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 have a manageable schedule in february to kind of right the ship it's it starts with the oilers tomorrow that's that's an l but then they get buffalo they get new jersey who's been struggling they get columbus nashville anaheim so there's winnable games in their future but i'm I'm sorry tim i can't i can't i usually want to agree with you no you don't no you don't no, I, do I, I really yeah. am. I, I love your passion. The Bruins, 
besides the Bruins, they're the team I'm following in the second half. And I would even add to that list the Devils. I'm Jack Hughes came back. They lost last night. I understand that, but I am just pumped about him being back. I think they're another team that could go on a run. And I think the East is honestly wide open. Like you look at the two, the two standings, look at it right now. Look at the wild card race. Doesn't it seem like the West all of a sudden has like six or seven legit like teams that could go on a deep cup run. And in the East, it, it feels wide open. Like you've got the Bruins, the Rangers, the Leafs, the Panthers, like, you know, like there's, there's some obviously good teams, but it seems like there's more legit cup threats in the West and the East all of a sudden. And I didn't really realize that till the last couple of days. I do have that feeling as well, but it'll, uh, it'll sort itself out, Tim. It always does. You know, the cream, cream always rises to the, the top. That's how it works. You don't, you don't make milk. Is that what it comes from? Butter? Yogurt? I don't know. You're losing me. Probably butter. Well, because it's a saying, it has to come from somewhere. The cream rises to the top. Probably butter. You don't make butter. What else we talk about? You don't make butter. I don't. You're right. I buy it from Costco. All right. Let's do some quick kits here. Yeah. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more with DoorDash. Download the app. Use promo code NATION25, all caps. Offer valid in Canada. Subject to change. Terms may apply. The lightning. (sighs) Poor guy, Sorgachev last night. The injury, so bad. I, 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 I saw people talking about like how gruesome the video was, and I watched it for a second. And as, oh, soon, don't as, do he, it. as soon as he started the twist, I turned it off. I'm like, I can't. I, that stuff freaks me out. So he's dead. I mean, he's he's dead. He's down. He's sad. <laughs> <laughs> he's down. He's sad. He was obviously emotional on the ice. He posted on Instagram about just you know the universe sucks, and I came back and worked so hard and. This is what happens. No timetable. He had the the surgery to stabilize the fractures, tibia and fibula. Both sucks. Too bad for him. And obviously that hurts for the the lightning as well. That's a huge break for the lightning. They they were rolling, playing good hockey, but um, they they were playing good without him. So we'll see what happens. They they'll be in there, Tim. They're always in the mix till the end of it. Yeah. Uh, the next one here, Matthew Portois, the the rookie sensation, if you want to call him that, for the Bruins, is out. Well, four we're five not months. going to. We'll just call him rookie. <laughs> uh, the rookie superstar, the stud. Actually, no, he he came down the future. to earth, but he, yeah, uh, the future of hockey came out for he's, he's out four to five months after receiving right surgery, right shoulder surgery. So his season's done. Um, I don't think this will have a big impact on the Bruins as, as approaching the deadline or anything like that. Maybe you go out and get a depth center, but they've got that even down in Providence. They have some really good centers, some fourth line guys like Johnny Beecher and Merkulov. So. Probably not a huge impact, although the Bruins, we talked about it before the show, big, big, big win over last over the Canucks last night. Statement so win. Fun. Yeah. yeah, especially you mentioned the Bruins coming off a loss in Calgary, kind of licking their wounds. That You know they were going to be geared up for it. And, they, and it's funny who's stepping up for them. It's not the, the top guys. It's not the Pastas and the Marchand. It's, it's the secondary guys who are playing really well for them. So that's got to be encouraging for the Boston Bruins. You must love it. You must well, be drooling watching that game. Marshawn was excellent last night. He had the shorthanded goal. He was he was definitely part of that. But you had yeah. two shorthanded goals to start, go up 2 nothing, which is just crazy. Yeah. Danton Heinen got the second one on a breakaway. You had a fluke goal that I want to say Pasternak got the credit for, but the puck went like way over the goalie's shoulder, and, and then uh, you scored again later in the game. So really just a great, great game for them. And, and Vancouver had no answer. So the Boston, we still, we're still big brother to this group. And then finally here, speaking of the Canucks, Word in the street, 
TB, TBD to be confirmed that they're poking around on UFA Phil Kessel. And Tockett even said, I think Phil's still got something left in the tank. I think he's still something to contribute. So that could be a lot of fun. I hope they sign him. I hope someone does. But Vancouver w- would be especially fun for, for Phil. Love yeah, their second power play unit. Their second power play unit struggles at times. I, I think he would be good for them um, in that situation. And then you just do you, do you stash him away on your in your fourth line because you can't put him on your third line. We we had Connor Garland. That's a, a solid third line. Do you want? That's a thing with Phil. He's not good enough to be in the top two lines. Third line is typically your checking line. You know they're going to hound the other team's first line. The fourth line is typically your energy line. Where does he fit nowadays in a lineup? It's hard to slot him in. Is he a depth guy if someone on the top two lines gets hurt and then you just hope he can, you know, put the afterburners on for a couple games? That's the issue with Phil. He's still got a shot. I, I, I imagine that's still there. It's the speed. It's the pace of play, keeping up with everybody. That's, that's the hard part for a guy of his age. And we saw it with other players around the league trying to keep up the, the Parisis, the Joe Thorntons, the Patty Marlowe's, these types of players. And it's like, if you don't have anything else to bring, it's, it's hard to stay in, to, in the league. So he's, he's not a fourth line guy. So I, I, as much as I would love to see it, just like everybody else, I, I don't know. Am I wrong here? No, that's a good point. I think he's probably a 13th forward, you know, and then he's, he's insurance if someone in the top six gets hurt, which hopefully they don't. But you don't mess up the um, the Garwin line, and he's probably not effective at all as a fourth line at this point. So yeah. he's just depth, I think. Yeah. But I hope I hope it happens, and I hope he gets more. I lineup. would like to see it. He's good for the league. He's he's obviously still has uh, some gas left in the tank. And then again, what what has he been doing for the last five that's- months? That's what I was just thinking, because because he didn't want to work out when he was in the league. So what yeah. is he what is he even doing now? You think that he's doing two yeah. days and bagging himself on the ice and doing down and backs and suicides and this and that? I don't think so. I think he's been working out, but probably not to the you know the extent that you usually would if you're in the show. So what fill are you going to get? Like I, I would like I would like to see his weight right now. It's it's probably not his lightest, but who knows? I'm not going to speculate. I get in trouble when I speculate. You do. Anything else, John? That's it. Super Bowl Sunday. Going to go to my buddy's house. It should be a good time. What are your plans, Tim? Anything fun going on? You got a, you got a house to go to? Some friends to hang around with? I, yeah, I have some, some buddies I'm going to go see on Sunday. So we'll watch the game. Any update on the dating life you want to share with the, the viewers? Nothing I want to share with the viewers, but thank you for asking. I'm always curious as how, you know, what's going on? Life with Tim. But you're not going to share. That's fine. Maybe another show. All right, everybody. Have a good weekend. Have a good Super Bowl. It's very fun. Go to Give Better. Get your Super Bowl picks in before it's too late. Win $100. GiveBetter.app slash DTG. Talk to you on Monday. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode.